You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 179 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts, too, that just so happen to be non-monogamously married to each other. This week, our guests are Andrew Gerza and Heather Morrison, two siblings on a quest to make sex toys accessible for people with disabilities. Now, Andrew's been on American Sex Podcast before. You may remember him from a couple of episodes. He's an award-winning disability awareness consultant and the chief disability officer and co-founder of Bumpin', a sex toy company for and by disabled people. Andrew uses they-he pronouns and identifies proudly as disabled. Their work has been featured by countless major media outlets, including the BBC, The Advocate, Mashable, Out.com, Savage Love, and Cameron Esposito's Query. He was also the subject of an award-winning National Film Board of Canada documentary called Picture This. Andrew's also the host of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories, which won a Canadian Podcast Award in 2001, a Queerty Award, and was chosen as an honoree at the 2020 Webby Awards. He's also the creator of the viral hashtag, Disabled People Are Hot. Heather is the co-founder and CEO of Bumpin', the startup on a mission to bump the barriers that are in the way of sexual pleasure with the first line of sex toys for people with disabilities. Prior, she spent over a decade as an award-winning advertising and innovation strategist working on high-profile campaigns and product development for brands like Uber Eats, Ikea, and Subway. In this conversation... Andrew starts out telling us about the barriers that he's had to self-pleasure as a disabled person and how a chance conversation with his sister, Heather, was the impetus for their startup sex toy company, Bumpin'. Some of what we talk about, how as the sibling of a disabled person, Heather was unaware of some of the difficulties that disabled people can have with toys and how that really, really drove home the degree to which people making the sex toys in the sex toy industry were unaware of those challenges too. We also talk about the challenges that Heather and Andrew are facing founding a sex toy company with no prior experience in manufacturing, pleasure products, or startups. How user feedback about their first product, the joystick, which is a huggable, humpable, three-foot-long device designed for hands-free pleasure, how it uncovered some amazing intimacy benefits for potential users of all abilities, and how product research led to a partnership with leading experts in design and a groundbreaking book dealing with real-world personal experiences and insights from disabled people and a lot more. 
Y'all, I am so excited for Andrew and Heather and all of y'all because this company was a long time in the making and their first product, it just launched last week, just a couple days ago. And this is such an insightful conversation, both for disabled and non-disabled people alike. But you know what's got to happen before we roll that conversation, we got to wash the balls. Now, that's not a sponsored ad for Manscaped. That'll come later. Just you wait. Uh, Ball washing is what we call housekeeping here on American Sex Podcast, because soaping up the twins and juggling them around is a lot more fun than just calling it plain old housekeeping. So first, do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Design Your Bait and Jeff for becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And if you're like, wait, Patreon, what, what's going on? Good news. You can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member at patreon.com slash American Sex, and you're going to get stuff too, like bonus audio from our guests, extra episodes, all of our regular episodes early. You'll get American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail, a shout out on the podcast, and more. You know, Ken and I give the majority of our content away to the world for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast, because we believe these conversations are so critical. They are relationships improving, life-changing, sometimes even life-saving, and everyone should have access to them. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. Again, that address is patreon.com slash American Sex. And speaking of links, I want you to go visit those show notes for episode 179, which is this episode at americansexpodcast.com or in the description of whatever streaming service you're listening to me right now on. Go, go look. You'll find all the links to everything we mentioned in this episode and a lot more. Like if you're still holiday shopping, not only are our sponsor discounts and coupon codes in there, there are discounts to a ton of adult retailers and general retailers. Plus, there's free stuff too, like the link to our Sex Positive Discord server, and we'd love for you to join us there and my free BDSM negotiation mini workbook. Also, I want to give a special shout out to Kink Academy. I'm often asked, you know, what's the best book or educational resource for BDSM education? And honestly, there aren't many, which actually is why I'm writing my own book, Shameless Plug. It's the kink education book I wish were available. It's called Customizable Kink, A Strategic Guide to Erotic Play, due out in 2022. But anyway, the number one resource, hands down, for self-study is Kink Academy, an on-demand video library of over 2,000 videos from 140 of the best BDSM educators, including Ken and me. And everything is covered from beginner basics to super advanced. And if you sign up for Kink Academy with our link, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Kink Academy, it helps support this podcast. A subscription's about 20 bucks a month, but regardless, even if you don't want to subscribe, head over to bit.ly slash Kink Academy anyway, because there's a ton of free videos available for you there too. Also, did you hear the good news? I was nominated for XBiz Sexpert of the Year, which is a huge, big deal. 
And of course, I would love your vote. Voting is super easy too. You don't need to, you know, register for anything, sign up for anything, jump through hoops, nothing. Just go to the website. The link is in the show notes and vote. That's it. You can vote once a day too. And I think maybe on multiple devices. I'm just saying, you might want to check that out. Alternatively, you can go to the voting page by visiting my links site, which is direct.me slash Sunny Megatron. A pop-up will come up on that page, taking you right to the voting site. And lastly, have you reviewed American Sex Podcasts yet in whatever podcast player you listen to? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to the podcast app. You can do it right now while you're listening. Hit those five stars. And, you know, while you're at it, you can tell us what you like about the show, too. You'll also be telling other prospective American fuckers browsing around for a new podcast to listen to. So, you know, we'll have more friends. Yay! And while you're in there, make sure you're subscribed, too. Just hit that subscribe button. All right, that's it. These balls are clean. Here is Andrew Gerza and Heather Morrison talking about how they are revolutionizing disability-centered sex tech. On the line, I have, oh my goodness, is this our first brother-sister duo American Sex Podcast interview? We've got Andrew and Heather. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is like our first family affair, which that sounds a little weird. I don't like that wording, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone's really leaning in now. Where is this episode going to go? Exactly. It's not going there. It's not going there. I know, you know, uh, your, your, your kink is legit. You like what you like, but this is not what it's about. But okay, let's start there. Let, let me start there. Okay, so Andrew. You, you've been on our podcast before, and we'll yep. get into a little bit more of your background in a second, because, you know, not everyone who listens to American Sex Podcast has listened to every episode. But I want to go there. Okay, you are a brother and sister team that are starting a sex toy company. Uh, what kind of questions do you get? Do you get like, look, like looks? Are people like, really, you're doing this with your sibling? Or is it all totally chill? <laughs> Um, I mean, I think we, well, I, I haven't gotten any looks, but I think people are like, oh, oh, that's interesting and cool. They're, they're taken aback a little bit because they're not sure where it's going to go, just like how you said a minute ago. But I, I think it's really, I love that we're doing it because it allows for most brothers and sisters don't talk about this stuff, right? but we do. So it's really strengthened our relationship, but also, I mean, it's really awesome what we're trying to do. So once you get past that it's just like any other business yeah yeah Yeah, it makes for a great headline um you know and people's (laughs) eyebrows definitely like go up a little bit um and then you think you think you kind of quickly have to say like well look we don't have like a weird brother sister relationship where we just sit around all day talking about each other's you know masturbatory habits or at least we didn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah what's interesting about that though is that like uh, people like yourself in cam and karen lee yeah with uh, sex talk with my mom normalize talking about uh, sex with a family member and there's nothing abnormal about it because if you think about it who do you learn about sex from initially you have to learn about it essentially from a family member unless you have a terrible family that makes you learn it from some weird institution and you're like your parents don't teach you about sex right oh so even, it's normal for siblings and parents even, and everybody you know? even when families don't talk about it you still get those subtle hints about like sexuality that kind of rubs off on you when you're a little kid, even if no one's directly talking to you. So you yeah. wake up in the middle of the night, you think something weird's happening in the room next to you. 
Yeah, like, like my mom must pregnant. have stubbed her toe. She keeps saying, oh, God, oh, God. Okay, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I had the weirdest dream. <laughs> and the weird thing, it always happens at Sunday at 3 p.m., and I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how we started here, but it's good. I like it. So, yeah, let's just keep going along those lines. So growing up together... Were you all close? Did you have these conversations? Or is this more of like once you became adults and started having more candid conversations with each other? I mean, I think growing up, we were very close. We were, all of us were close. We have two two younger brothers too. So our whole family was close. But we didn't, again, we didn't really sit around talking about our sexuality or any of that stuff. We had, I think both of us had the talk at some point with our parents, like you said. but. It didn't really. We didn't go any deeper than that until we started. We until we started doing this. Then we really had some some real conversations about about sex and disability. Sex and disability, sure. But and, uh, Andrew, like if, if you think back to our childhoods, like our parents are both pretty progressive. When Andrew came out when he was in his <laughs> early teens, like we all sat around and watched um, Priscilla, <laughs> Priscilla, Queen of. Like the immediate thing that we did, and it was like a celebration of like his coming outness, and also we were all all kind of like, yeah, we already knew that. That <laughs> is amazing. So there was never any like, it didn't really ever feel like you had to tiptoe around the question around like sex. And our parents were both pretty like open minded. Um, so yeah, we didn't th- sit around and talk about like you know masturbation or specifically our own sexual exploits but at the same time it wasn't something that was guarded or needed to be hidden and yeah um, if anything, it was celebrated when we were sort of forthcoming with you know coming out or, or talking right about right so andrew you are a disability consultant and you concentrate on sexuality so what does that mean yes. like paint a picture like what is your day-to-day what is your job what do you actually do <laughs> um well, <laughs> my day to day is watching a lot of YouTube. No, um, <laughs> no, but I, I do a lot of I do I prep for the podcast and I, I answer people's questions on social media. And then for Bumpin, our our company, I, I'm the chief disability officer, so I do a lot of looking over copy to make sure that it's accessible to the to the disabled community and that we've used the right language. I help with. Um, you know, looking at how do we make the brand bigger and more accessible. And I really lean into kind of my experience as a disabled person to make all all the stuff at bump mm-hmm. and go. So do you do a little bit on the R and D side then? Oh yeah. When we were when we were designing the toy and talking about it, I was pivotal in in how how we wanted the design to look, what would be most accessible, that kind of stuff. So I would love for you um, y'all to describe to me and I will have pictures in the show notes. So for people listening, like I need to visualize this, just go to the show notes, americansexpodcast.com for this episode, or go right to the episode description, the player you're listening to. So you can see what we're talking about, but describe to me what your first product, the joystick looks like, how big it is, how do you use it? So we can get a, a visual. Um, so we've, um, we designed we, what we found in our, our early research and has been sort of continued to be affirmed as we've been on this journey for the last couple of years is that 
for people um, who are living with a disability, the biggest barrier to having being able to masturbate um, unaided or to using the toys on the market comes down to some sort of like hand limitation. And that can be anything from pain to weakness to reach, dexterity, um, fine motor skills, um, being able to continue a sustained motion for long enough with the right rhythm, et cetera. And so for us, what we tried to do with our first design is to really look at this being the biggest barrier and look at how can we overcome um, the biggest barrier being um, some sort of, sort of hand, hand limitation or hand issue that you might be uh, experiencing. And that can be people with disabilities, but also extends to people with chronic illness and people who are aging because just naturally our hands and our dexterity levels get um, weaker and lesser as we age as well. Um, and also people with arthritis, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of different reasons that people's hands um, might not be doing um, what they want them to do as they're looking for self-pleasure. So the joystick has been designed to really remove the reliance from fine motor skills and um, hands and really transfer them to gross motor skills. And so I kind of like to um, describe it uh, as if a body pillow and a foam roller had a... Oh, I out. love that. I love that because I was like, it's kind of a pool noodle, but really big and soft. But your your description is much better than mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had a to work on it because it's so different to anything in the market, right? And so as we're starting to kind of share um, images now, as we as we approach um, our launch, obviously, like one of the biggest questions are like, we don't really understand how it works because it's so incredibly different to anything that exists because we're the first people to have really sweated the design in and around hand right. limitations. And so we're making it like a big um, body pillow that you can kind of hug into. Um, that means that actually once you're hugging into it, your hands are really not having to do anything. Um, and in the middle section, there's a whole bunch of different um, sizes of holes, which means that you can insert like your vibrators, your wands, your penis sleeves, um, your dildos into those different sized like, holes. And it's been designed to actually hold them um, so that as you wrap yourself around your body pillow, you can find where the vibration is coming from or find where it starts to feel good. And then you can just start moving your body or start hugging yourself into it a little bit more. And we've what, what that allows you to do is just not even think about what your hands are or mm -hmm. aren't doing and just really enjoy the vibration or the pleasure sensation. I love getting. it. And it's like, what, about three feet? long like it's a large kind of huggable yeah. humpable bumpable is that why you're bumping yeah exactly it's very huggable it is the top part is made out of um really like soft comfortable memory foam because when we were testing it um, we thought that was, you know, great. It's functional. It's comfortable. Awesome. But we actually heard back from a lot of people who tested it that actually gave them a lot of like feelings of intimacy and that there was a lot of emotional benefits that we hadn't really um, expected to be quite so strong from the fact that it was so cuddly and nice to nice mm. to hug into. And then the bottom part um, that holds the different types of toys is a little bit firmer and made out of um, sort of foam. And that's kind of where the foam roller um, part of the love child so comes in. Let, let's zero in. You said the emotional benefits that you didn't quite expect. What is some direct yeah. feedback that you got along those lines? Yeah. So one person we were talking to, lovely lady um, in Australia, uh, has lives with um, MS, mm -hmm. and she was saying to us, you know, I don't get a lot of um, intimate touch in my day to day. And um, she's not currently with a partner, and a lot of the touch that she experiences, and I know Andrew can relate to this as well, is usually for care, not necessarily for intimacy. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she said, you know, this has actually given me a level of intimacy that I haven't experienced in years. 
And collectively on that call is myself, um, one of the occupational therapists we work with and two designers. And I think you could like hear all of our hearts just kind of like, <laughs> oh my God, we wow. just, we knew it was comfortable, but I don't think we realized the emotional benefit that people could take from it as well. Right. And now, Heather, I, I'm assuming that you identify as non-disabled and Andrew, you are disabled. You have yes. cerebral palsy. So I'm going to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the initial idea, that little tiny spark way long ago when you're like, wait a minute, the world needs something for uh, people with disabilities who are wanting to masturbate. How did this come about? And what have your difficulties been in this area? That's a a big loaded question. Yeah, right. Um, And we'll talk for the rest of the hour and then we're done. Bye. Um, well, I think the initial idea came because I did a documentary about four, four or five years ago with the National Film Board of Canada called Picture This, and they chronicled me talking about queerness, sexuality, and disability. And in that documentary, I talk about how I've lost the ability to masturbate. And that documentary went down to Sydney, Australia, when Heather was there, and when my mom and her were there together, and they watched it, and it gave Heather a light bulb moment of like, oh, I never realize this oh okay and so we started talking about it more one day and heather said well why don't you just get a get use a regular sex toy and i said well they're they don't work for me the buttons are too small they don't really work and i showed her my hands again and said they're not really accessible for me so we chatted some more and heather said well kind of naively do you want to make one (laughs) and we were like oh okay so then we did some research, did we did a Reddit survey and you know, asked questions like, is this something you want? What's your experience with dexterity? To see if it was something that was broader than just Andrew needs a needs something different to get off. And if it was actually something that was affecting the community. And 90% of people when we asked, do you want a toy that's built around this? 90% of the people that responded to us said it's about time that there's a toy like this. We really, really want this. That is amazing. And I find it interesting how you had said that Heather was even like, oh, this is a thing. And I I would assume Heather, like, you know, Andrew's been your brother forever. I don't know who's older, but, you know, for most of your lives. And for somebody who is non-disabled, you would think that, well, okay, you might have an idea. So that really shows me that most people... Most people who maybe aren't close to somebody who's disabled have no fucking idea. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And yep. he gave me such a light bulb moment. And like, yeah, it just goes to show that even if you've grown up with people with dif- disabilities in your household, even though you've had conversations, even though, you know, Andrew has worked in the realm of sex and disability for a long time, mm-hmm. um, it's still such a taboo topic, even in the most, you know, um, I think open households and open relationships, unless there's a reason for it to come into a conversation, um, then it then tends not to, it tends to kind of stay hidden away or tucked away. And so I, that for me was a huge light bulb moment. And it's part of my job now going forward to give as many other people that light bulb moment as I possibly can, because the more people who understand that this is an issue and that this is a problem and have an understanding and awareness of it, the better off we all are 
societally, but also that means more people understand that this is a problem that needs solving and, and that the more we talk about these things, more problems that need solving come up and more people can start thinking about ways to solve these problems and start innovating in and around this area, mm-hmm. which for the most part has been totally overlooked and totally ignored, definitely by the sex um, toy industry and category, but also societally as well. Yeah. And, you know, Andrew, from, you know, because you have tried to use different items, etc. Is there anything out there on the market that exists now that you're like, oh, this is a pretty good uh, toy for people with disabilities? Granted, everybody's disability is different. There's obviously no one size fits all. Or are we that lacking where you're like, no, there's not really anything? I mean, for me, and I'll only speak for me, because right. I don't want to speak for every disabled person, but for me, there is nothing on the market that that works until now, because we're putting it on the market. But um, there's been nothing out there that's been really good for me, just because most of the buttons are small. It's really hard to get the toy in a position that I want. If I want to even do that, I have to call an attending care worker. Uh-huh. So with with the bump and joystick, what we've try to do is take the user on an accessible journey all the way from unpackaging the device to storing it and cleaning it and putting away and making it as accessible as possible because it isn't just using the toy. It's, you know, how do you have a conversation with your care worker about, Hey, I want to masturbate today. Can you help me get my like really obvious sex toy out of the corner (laughs) or out of the drawer and put it on my body so I can do this. So we, you know, it's so much more than just can I position the toy. It's actually about trying to navigate those conversations too. It's yeah, a, it's the whole experience. Wow. And yeah. I have a question about the packaging. Tell me about that and how mm. you made it more accessible. Yeah, so we are in the middle of packaging at the moment. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, other companies might be able to get away with just, you know, chucking it in whatever kind of packaging is most cheap and cheerful. Uh-huh. Um, but for us, we really need to sweat every single part of the user experience, every single part of that journey that people are going to go on what, from everything from unboxing, as Andrew is saying, all the way to use, charging, cleaning, storage. And so that just means that every stage of that needs its own kind of little design cycle. Um, so we are now heading into packaging design, which to be fair, I've always really had this weird um, romantic obsession with <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm really excited about this phase. Um, And so we are literally just about to kick off a uh, packaging design, leveraging some of the, like some other companies come before us in different industries have done amazing things with packaging like Xbox when they released their accessible controls a couple of years ago they did beautiful packaging so some of these problems have already started to be resolved from a packaging point of view which Uh is great we don't have to start from square one we can leverage some of the amazing innovation that's already happened um and which we will be doing and then sort of adding all of that into how our packs look so we don't i don't have an answer for that yet but it's definitely um something that we're now focusing on but that's, that's so cool, cool that you're looking into it at all. And yeah. It's, it's like, and, and by the way, packaging conferences are really fucking cool. Like, I know yeah. they sound really boring, but like just the innovation that goes into some of them, everything from so like cool. electronic writing to ease of use to like all sorts of yeah. interesting things. Yeah. You had mentioned, Andrew, about having to have those conversations with caregivers and you are very outspoken. You are a very sex positive person. You would think if anyone could have these conversations, you could, but sometimes they're still hard for you, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's not a conversation that even now 
I enjoy having. And like you said, I am very sex positive, very, very open. Like I'm really body positive also, but it can be really awkward because when an attendant care worker comes into your home, they're working, it's their job. So to have to bring, to bring like, Hey, I want to have a sexy moment with myself, but Oh, I need your help for that uh-huh. into their, into their work day is like, super complicated because you don't know you don't necessarily know their background you don't know what their comfort level is like you don't know if they're fully going to be okay with that and it's a really really tough conversation to broach yeah and and for people with significant physical disabilities that have attendants and caretakers I, I I've heard you talk about before how there's this infantilizing vibe like you you can't possibly be a sexual being you're in a wheelchair <laughs> you know which yeah. we all know is freaking ridiculous yeah. um I I We'll see in the like mental health care industry, for instance, they have the sexual reassessment, like professional, um, uh, you know, development program. So people who are providers can get comfortable with their patient's sexuality and their assumptions and their yada, yada. Is there anything like that for caretakers? It's really rare. They don't have a lot of it. So a lot of my work also is presenting to caretaking teams and to hospitals and to nurses associations, people that provide care to be like, yo, our sexuality is also important. We should be talking about that. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, you want to do it in a way that is respectful of the caregiver and not making them feel uncomfortable. So there's all of that stuff to navigate and talk about. But the fact that we're not talking about it at all because caregivers and the institutions they work for are uncomfortable with that is really a problem because if I need help to, to be with somebody sexually or with myself sexually, I should be able to say to a caregiver without even thinking like, Hey, can you help me with this? Because on the flip side of that, they wipe my ass every morning. Like that's a really, that's a really intimate thing they do for me. So why can't we also talk about the intimacy of, of self-pleasure with them? So as somebody who is also disabled, but I don't have as much hospital time stay, if you have extended hospital time, what's the appropriate amount of time etiquette-wise to wait to in order to do something sexual with yourself? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a question that I've never been posed before. Um, <laughs> Would it be like, I, go away for 15 like, minutes? Okay, I could for... wait a day, but I'm, like, I'm starting to think, like, all right, I'm in the hospital for three weeks. I'm going to cuff it. I don't care. I'm going to well, cuff it I mean, by any I means w- necessary. <laughs> I mean, I've I've had extended hospital days, and I've never wanted to to jerk off in the hospital. But if you Only did, if you the, did, what would be the etiquette behind it? If like I, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, if I did, barring the gross hospital smells and all the things that are having all the beeping and all the machines, I guess I would wait like a day or two and then be like, "Hey, listen, so I want to get off. How, do, <laughs> how can we facilitate this in a way that is respectful of you?" Like. Uh, that's that's a question that I've never been asked before. I don't know a full answer for that. Can I share a story? It's a little off topic, but also totally on topic. <laughs> so for for a minute, I had a side gig where I did phone domination. And I had a, a gentleman that used to call me regularly who had a very particular strange but fascinating fetish. I'm not going to get into that because that's not the point of the story. But he messaged me one day and he's like, hey, I'm in the hospital. And I was like, oh, no, like, are you okay? Yes, I'm going to be fine, but I'm here for a while. I really want to call you. 
So I <laughs> talked to him on the phone when he was in his hospital bed. And I was like, make it, you know, because I was dominating him, like, make it like, okay, you need to go jerk off. You need to do this. Make sure the nurses aren't watching because like consent is important. <laughs> I would like made sure it was discreet. But I also wanted him to have the excitement of like, oh my God, what if I get caught? What if a nurse walks in, you know? And then a nurse would walk in and he'd be like, nurses walks in, a nurse is here. I'm like, okay, act normal. Da, da, da. And it, it was <laughs> it was it was funny and fun. And I think I eventually, if I'm remembering correctly, had him like bring his whole IV wheelie thing into the bathroom to finish because <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, I don't know how we got there either, but that, that was a nice detour. Anyway. <laughs> that's why we're married. Right that's there. why we're married. Exactly. Um so as you're talking, you know, and I'm I'm thinking about the market for this. And Heather, I noticed you're a marketing person. I'm a former marketing person. I used to work for Leo Burnett Starcom and like huge big oh, brands. I used to work for Leo Burnett when what? I what? No. Seriously? Yeah, that was my first agency. Yeah, in oh um, Toronto. God. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, I was in the <laughs> Chicago office from like I don't yeah. know 1996 to 2009 or 10 or something like that. Anyway, oh God, you were there for time. Nice, nice. So um, I I geeked out like when I was like, oh, you did all the marketing stuff. So let's talk about your market, because obviously, people with disabilities, like that's a given. However, as a marketer, I'm like, okay, A, is that market big enough to sustain you? And P, what would be some of your secondary markets? So like my first thought is like, you know, maybe um, people of size, people who like to masturbate, who like to hump, maybe like since it's the pandemic and people are fucking lonely as fucking hell. And you were saying like, you know, it gave somebody that intimacy they didn't expect. Could those be some of your secondary markets? And like, what does that look like in terms of like your business strategy? Your mouth gives a lot this time of year, like mistletoe makeouts, enjoying one too many candy canes, mistletoe makeouts with candy canes. Hey, I'm not going to judge. So give your mouth the gift of better oral care with Quip. And when you save up to 40% on holiday bundles, it's also a gift for your wallet. The Quip Electric Toothbrush is loved by over 7 million mouths. It has time sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to get you that dentist-recommended two-minute clean. A lightweight and sleek design with no wires or bulky chargers. Reusable handles and a range of sleek metal hues like best-selling all black and all pink, as well as bright colors that will pop on your bathroom counter. And this part's my favorite. You can upgrade your Quip to a new smart motor, and it can track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app and earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. Beyond just the brush, Quip has a whole line of stocking stuffers for everyone on your list. Two ways to floss, floss string that expands to clean or reusable floss picks, refillable sugar-free gum, and refillable mouthwash. In addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, 
mouthwash, and gum refills every three months from $5. And shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of shopping in-store during the holidays. If you go to getquip.com slash sunny right now, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off bundles at getquip.com slash sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y. It's spelled G-E-T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash Sunny. Quip, they're the good habits company. So I guess to address the first question around like, yes, so the biggest, most ignored cohort is people with disabilities. And they're also the ones in most desperate need for innovation. So it makes the most sense to start um, with that as our core market. Um, but I think what's in, what's, what blew me away is that we, we kind of as society see disability or seem to think disability is, you know, a bit of a niche or maybe it's a smaller market, but actually it's 20% of the global population. So it's wow. just about a billion people worldwide. So I think it's just one of the, and that surprised me. And Andrew, you know, you know, will often say it's the biggest minority group in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's totally ignored, overlooked and uncatered to when it comes to sexuality. So it's a really big market. And if we can just get like, you know, 1% of the disability market, you're looking at a multi-billion dollar company. Um, So it's actually huge. Um, And obviously, like, you know, disability is a really big spectrum. And with one product, you're never going to hit every single person's needs and preferences, etc. We've always known that. Uh Um, But I think by really putting a flag in the sand and, and sort of standing up um, as a beacon around this, within and around this community, it gives us a really awesome opportunity to tap into a market that's yeah just totally been overlooked and and underserviced in that realm. Uh-huh. Um, so it is a big market, but then of course there's other markets that we can look to as well. So we know that aging is a really big market, particularly um, again there's this taboo that sits around aging and sexuality, but also there are a lot of things that people experience as they get older are things that you know, people with disabilities have been living with for quite a while or are experiencing as well. And so the two aren't actually very mutually um, exclusive. They kind of run into each other. And obviously the aging demographic is huge as well. Um, There's a lot of um, not only people, but opportunity to tap into that market. And yeah, it kind of sits, it has a lot of the similar taboos that we're looking at addressing from a disability point of view, as well as a lot of the functional needs and benefits. but we've always also been really careful never to be exclusive in that we know that there are people who will look at the design and say, oh, my God, like, you know, we've had people reach out to us who have different like who are chronically ill, have fibromyalgia, who yeah are suffering from or living with arthritis, et cetera, um, or who just really like the look of the design and want to have their hands free to do other things. Um, and so for us, it's about like just being open and not exclusive, but looking at how we design universally um, for a need that's been overlooked. Um, And then slowly as we continue to learn, like there may be, as you say, like really specific functions around like the need for touch, the need for intimacy, um, and how can we look at marketing those more broadly, which we admittedly haven't really done yet, but it's something that we can, that we'll definitely look to consider as we keep going. Yeah, I'm just, my marketing brain is alight with all of the possibilities. <laughs> so Heather, I, I have a question. Have you looked into or have you um, considered at all a, a sex toys for an arm prosthesis? Um, not specifically, um, but some of the earlier, um, before we landed on the joystick as being our initial lead design, we had four other designs, some of them which might have been um, a little bit 
better for people with different prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some of them that might have been, you know, slightly more accessible for people with spinal cord injuries. Mm. We know that's a really big one. Yeah. Um, for people who want to be able to self-pleasure sitting down, whereas the joystick is obviously a bit more um, designed for the for the lie down. So there's like definitely so much opportunity like in this space in terms of looking at different needs and barriers. And we already have like five other designs that could potentially have tailored that. One of them, which actually kind of um, looped around um, a forearm and that could have been a prosthetic forearm or not um, and actually allowed the user to do an up and down motion without having to use their hand or wrist at all so there's some really clever designs that will um, continue to kind of push into um, and that we can look at as we keep moving forward but first and foremost the joystick that we're launching now it works with a bunch of toys that already exist but the next step on that is actually to complete it as a product system. So we are creating our own really accessible um, vibrators and sleeves and wands that will also fit into the joystick, but can Ooh. also be um, on their own if you're not looking for the adapter part, like the joystick part. Um, and those um, sleeves and vibrators will have really big buttons, Bluetooth enabled buttons. You can put them wherever you like. Um, your partner can have them. Um, and also that will totally alleviate the need for fiddling with the small little buttons that so and controls that so many of the toys currently require. Yeah. Yeah. And I like even for me, <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting older. Yeah, my fingers hurt a little bit, but it, I don't think I am that much out of the realm than any, you know, late 40, 50-year-old in terms of mobility, and I yeah. even have problems with those freaking damn buttons. It's like I'm oh, pressing totally. it, pre- it won't press. Uh, so totally. like, uh, but yeah, or then you like skip a, a skip one and then you're going way too fast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. work for me. Um or the wands, I find like the wands so heavy. That I have to like switch hands like regularly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. I'm having a hard time, then people who have any sort of hand weakness or hand pain are definitely having a hard time. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, how we can reduce that. That is so cool. Yeah. And I have been like, now that um, Bluetooth apps have become more popular. Oh, that is the best thing. Cause I can just like have my phone kind of lazily like drag my finger across the screen, <laughs> half paying attention, and it does its thing, which is exactly. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this whole process. Cause I know there's a lot of folks listening who might have been like, Oh yeah, I have this great idea for a sex toy design, but I don't know where to begin. How do I start, you know, putting together prototypes or sourcing materials or making a company? So what was it like when y'all are like, okay, no, actually we're really doing this. Let's fucking do it. Uh, was it hard to figure out like what to do first, where to source materials? Like what's that process like? Yeah, it wasn't like we were so naive when we first started <laughs> and we had no fucking idea what we were like. It's not that we didn't know what we were doing, but like we really didn't know all of the ups and downs that were, we were about to encounter. Right. Um, and there's, and I think honestly, if you're not a little bit naive, when you start out in any sort of startup, you probably won't, won't do it because like it's not it's not easy and so many people you know have probably had the same idea we had I don't think that we're so unique and special flowers that nobody else has had this idea I think probably lots of people have Mm -hmm. but it's the execution and the grit required to actually get a hardware product to life like in 
startup space, there's this adage, which admittedly, neither one of us had heard of before we were too far deep to get out, um, which is hardware is hard. Because you need a lot of capital investment in the upfront to be able to bring a physical product to life mm. way more than you do if you're going to build an app or build a software. Um, you know, you can kind of get that out and get people testing it like pretty easily without a lot of money. Um, and then where the expense comes in software is later as you start to scale, whereas in hardware, you need all of the money, you need a lot, lot more money up front. So we just didn't have any idea, like, realistically, what was going to take to get to where we are today. Um, so yeah, we started just step by step, we did some of our own research realized, okay, this is a thing. Um, neither Andrew or, or I are product designers, my background, in addition to advertising is also um, product innovation. So mm -hmm. I had a pretty good idea of how to run a design thinking model, but I didn't actually know how to design a, a physical product. So we started with Google. And we googled literally sex toy design Australia. Oh, nice. <laughs> Amazingly, <laughs> um, there's a university in Melbourne called RMIT, which I think is actually one of MIT's like sister uh, universities. Okay. Um, so, like really great went from like a technical design mass kind of point of view. Um, and we found a lady who has a PhD in sex toy design. Her name's Dr. Judith Glover. Uh, okay. she, I'm pretty sure she's the only person in the world that holds that designation. And we, because she she also taught a course at RMIT at, on sex toy design. And I just said, let's just email this lady and we'll just see if she can point us in the right direction. Um, and she, we got her on the phone. She's incredible. She was like, I've known this is a problem for a long time. If you guys want to be the clients um, and pay for the research, then we will run the research for you. We'll deep dive into you know, what else has been designed out there, if anything, like what, what some, what the biggest barriers are, we'll use Andrew and another female counterpart as case studies, we'll understand the barriers to the toys on the market, and also the barriers to self pleasure unaided. Um, and we'll, we'll create um, some initial design concepts. And so that's how we got started. Wow. An amazing team designers, industrial, um, industrial designers, product engineers, occupational therapists, and people with disabilities that sat on that initial team. Um, and from there, we did actually end up with four different concepts, which we then tested with the disabled community and a bunch of occupational therapists globally. Um, and from there, we whittled it down into, okay, the joystick is gives us the most versatility, we feel it can help the most people and is therefore the right one for us to progress with in the first instance, uh, mm -hmm. even though we know we want to create a, you know, a whole line. Um, and then from there, we've evolved the joystick through a number of different phases and through a number of different testing phases, including prototype testing, um, to get feedback from the community, get feedback from occupational therapists, make the design stronger. Um, and now we are, we are at factory prototyping, which means that um, in the next a couple of weeks, we'll have our first factory made prototype. So they should look really close to what we're actually going to ship out. We'll test those again with, again, the disabled community and occupational therapists, make the design stronger, and then we'll start our actual production. So it's like been such a journey. But one of the things that in like reflection, as I look back at how we've managed the last couple of years is I'm really proud that we've not ever done anything without direct collaboration and consultation with the people that we're designing for. So we live by this ethos, nothing for us without us. Um, I think so often people with disabilities are like, here, like, you know, people who are, are, are able bodied, like, great, we've, we've created these things for you. And then the disabled community is like, yeah, did you even test those with any of yeah, us? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. work. Yeah. <laughs> Did the pandemic cause any supply chain issues with you for material sourcing? 
Um, we haven't got, we have, we've actually been really lucky so far, not because we weren't in a sourcing phase when the pandemic hit. Mm. Um, but from a like testing point of view, like our original plan was like always get into people's houses, see how people interact with things. And we obviously couldn't do that. So when we came out with these four um, concepts that we wanted to test, we couldn't do the original plan, which was, you know, kind of mock them up in our, in like a sort of fact in like a, local factory get them out into people's houses test them and, and iterate mm-hmm. um, and so we had to kind of go on 2d which is never ideal but what it allowed us to do is not just operate you know in like five to ten people's houses in australia we actually went much broader than that and we got to talk to people from countries all over the world occupational therapists all over the world and so that phase of research ended up being a lot broader than it otherwise might have been gave us a ton of really amazing insights and actually was also what led to the creation of the book last year um, because we just had so many conversations with people who kept telling us about the same feelings of shame and isolation when it came to sexuality and, and how, you know, sex ed totally systemically discludes people with disabilities and how that has such a negative knock-on effect for mental health and feelings of, you know, lacking of community and how they wish there was more content out there where they could see themselves represented from a you know in the pages and and we just kept hearing this over and over again so it was um we did have to kind of yeah pivot a little bit but Mm -hmm. um luckily we haven't been burned by the supply chain issues yet but we'll see you mentioned the book and i saw on the website there's a book and there's like a partnership with love honey like can can you tell us more about this yeah andrew do you want to talk about the book and then i can talk about the partnership yeah, sure. So the book came about, like Heather said, we were hearing from a lot of people who were telling us, you know, not only were they telling us how sex was hard for them given hand limitations, they were also telling us really important stories around why sex was hard for them. So they talked about ableism. They talked about um, pain and pain. They talked about, you know, what it was like for them hiring a sex worker. And so Heather and I talked and we were like, they're giving us all this amazing content. We should do something with that. So in 2020, we curated 50 people from all over the world who who were following us and who were, some of them were testers. And we said, would you be willing to answer some key questions around sex and disability and tell us a bit of your story? So they did. And we and some other people on the team were able to curate an amazing book of just stories around disability and sexuality that I don't think we've really heard before. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I love the book because it's, it's something that is, we've never seen before. Most things, if we dare to talk about sex and disability in a book, it's clinical, it's written by a doctor. It's very, very like, here's how you have sex and disability. Whereas we were like, no, we want to get underneath all that and talk about the emotions behind sex and disability. And what does that feel like? So mm-hmm. in every chapter of the book, we talk about, we hear stories from people who say, I had sex with a person and they said this ableist thing and that made me feel this. Or I had sex with my partner and they made me feel really validated as a disabled person and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think the book really gives stories and shines a light on stories that we don't often hear otherwise. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Tis the season for giving extra special gifts to those that you're really, really close to. Oh, and also gifts for yourself because you deserve some pleasure and pampering too. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology and they're at affordable prices. Hey, maybe one to give and one to keep for yourself. Their new line of products is Bluetooth enabled and pairs with their Satisfier Connect app. So you can connect your device to your Android, Apple and iWatch. You can turn your phone into a remote control and you and your partner could use the app to play with power dynamics, whether you're in the same room or long distance and you can even private message with the app and see each other's responses in real time. I love my Satisfier products and it's so hard to choose a favorite. You know I love the Curvy Plus too, but there's also the Sexy Secret Panty Vibe and the Love Triangle that has Air Pulse technology and vibration. There's the Dual Pleasure. Oh, there's so much. Well, guess what? Satisfier is offering American Sex Podcast lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter the code SUNNY30. That's S-U-N-N-Y-3-0 at checkout. Again, if you are looking for one of these favorite new devices or two, one for you, one for them, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R dot com and use the code SUNNY30 for 30% off. We are smack dab in the middle of the holiday season, and you mean to tell me that you still don't know what you're giving as a gift or stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee that you will win this year's stocking stuffer competition. They've changed more than 4 million South Pole areas worldwide for the better. And if my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Well, we're about to add two more to that because you're getting 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SUNNY. Manscaped's best-selling product is their Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for balls, back, chest, and the list goes on, plus the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Order now and receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Now, these are our picks for Manscaped's surefire win, Stocking Stuffers. Number one, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. Number two, the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. Number three, Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. And number four, Crop Mops Ball Wipes, you know, for those stanky balls. And number five, Manscaped Signature Cologne. Now, make Make sure you hurry to manscaped.com to ensure these gifts will show up before the holiday season. And while you're at it, get that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SUNNY. That's manscaped.com, code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y. Now go get those gifts. So, Andrew, you know, I think we have known you for gosh i don't number of years and i remember a couple years though yeah yeah and i remember like way back when 
you had mentioned like, oh, yeah, me and my sister are going to do this, you know, but it was still kind of a little baby idea. And even before that, before you had any clue that this is what you were going to do. And I, I think of like Andrew, you know, the Andrew of six or seven years ago, who had no clue that they were going to found this sex toy company. And now like hearing Heather talk about like, okay, so we did this consulting with this, you know, foremost researcher and designer, and we had all these people and it's it's like, this is real and this is good. When yeah. you hear this and you're like on the verge of seeing this come to fruition, how do you feel? And really like, how does six or seven years ago, Andrew feel like seeing this really happening? I think teenage Andrew was really fucking excited. Yeah. Because teenage Andrew wanted something like this. And and six and seven years ago was around the time when I stopped the ability to masturbate. So six and seven years ago, Andrew was like, fucking, it's about fucking time. This is amazing. Um, but I'm also really proud that I get to do it with my sister and do it with somebody who is not disabled. And I, you know, in, in my work, I talk a lot about building bridges between the non-disabled and disabled communities. And this is, this company is one of the ways that I get to do that. And I think it's really, 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 cool that we get to do this together because it shows that there doesn't need to be an animosity between non-disabled people and disabled people that we're all we can all work towards a common goal but in terms of like your larger question i'm just fucking excited that it's finally going to be here yeah yeah oh and terrifying it's terrifying (laughs) yeah i mean i can this is a lot this is so like you just launched on december 3rd um yeah. for like it's like register your interest so tell me the logistics what does registering my interest for this product mean when are the products going to be in hands or in laps or wherever they're going to be mm-hmm. uh what are all those logistics yeah so december 3rd is our public launch so you'll no longer have to register your interest you'll be you're able to actually put your money down for pre-sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means is we're asking for a deposit from everybody who wants um, to hold their joystick. Um, that deposit will actually help us pay for the production of the joystick itself. Mm-hmm. And then the remainder of the um, the remainder of the amount will be billed to you once we're actually shipping. We're aiming to ship in May 2022, May being International Masturbation Month. Yes. So that's always excellent. Um, excellent timing, proper celebration. Um, and then over the next you know six months what we'll be doing is really just sweating through going through the production phase and then obviously like also completing the um the packaging and all of that kind of stuff as well so by putting down um we're asking for 99 dollars um deposit that really holds your spot and that also helps to make sure that we can get you get the products created um and and get through all the rest of it um shipping in may uh 2022 and yeah. I think also by the time you're listening to this, right? By the mm-hmm. time you're listening to this, it is pre-sales are open, so you can go Woo! right now. Woo! And all yeah, those and links are in the show notes. Go, go, Yay! American fuckers. Go, go, go. Yeah. We're um we're uh only doing smaller runs initially as well. So there if it sounds like something that you're um keen on um and you like the way that it looks and you think it could help you, it definitely first come first serve. Um, definitely pun intended as well. Um, <laughs> just because we're only doing some initial runs will be small just to gauge interest so that we don't, you know, over order. So we'll only be ordering for the, for the people who so are smart. Putting them yeah, I love it. And, you know, I was telling Andrew before we started recording that I belong to a bunch of different Facebook groups and different professional industry groups. 
And I had seen some talk amongst retailers and manufacturers, like someone had come across, I think it was an Instagram post and reposted it in, in a, in a group, like really excited about like, Hey, look at this new thing that's hitting our industry. So when this is completely rolled out, is this something that you hope to have in pleasure chest and love honey and like all these places, or is it going to be something that we need to go to you to get? What do you see in the bigger picture for, for joystick and your other products when they come? Yeah. I think what's cool about the joystick is that because it's not, because it works with so many different toys that already exist. Mm -hmm. um, it actually opens us up to some really awesome partnerships, like straight out of the gate. So we get to work with people like love honey and wow tech and, um, hot octopus and Ooh. normal, which is a sort of a, an upcoming startup brand in uh, Australia. Um, and really like look at working with some of the best manufacturers and, and people whose brands align with our own ethos as well, um, straight out of the gate. Um, in the first instance, it will be focusing on direct to consumer because we just don't have the margins to go wholesale right, right away. Um, cause we're doing these short runs, but as we start to prove that there's demand there, then yeah, the, um, the idea is you start to be able to give people as much physical availability as they need, right? If you're used to buying things on Amazon, you're used to buying things on Love Honey, um, et cetera, then it makes sense to be able to have um, your product stocked there. Mm -hmm. We just need to slowly build up to that so that we're not paying people to take our product. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Like when you said that, like for, for those American fuckers listening that aren't as familiar with the industry, Wow Tech makes all of the womanizer products and all of the WeVibe products, which those are yeah. really in demand, really good products. And it's like, I envisioned the marketing brain envisioned immediately when you said that, like, if I could go to, I don't know, uh, WeVibe's site and, you know, buy XYZ and then see your product as like an accessory I can also exactly. buy. Is that what you're envisioning? Yeah, exactly. Because it just works already with those toys. And um, mm -hmm. what we're doing in our, in our factory testing um, is we're not just testing our design, but we're also so wow tech is sending us a whole bunch of toys, um, uh, as well as love honey. Um, Hot Octopus is sending us some of their toys as well. And so is uh, normal out of Australia. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be testing the joystick, but we'll also be testing it with these different toys so that we can say to people, Hey, um, like we know these toys already work really well. We've had, we've had them tested. We know they fit perfectly. These are the best toys in the first instance to try them with. And also we know that these ones, you know, offer X, Y, and Z benefits in terms of accessibility. Um, but we'll also be, uh, when we start shipping, we'll be not only will people be able to see us on other people's sites, but we'll be offering those toys in addition to our own as well. So that allows us the ability to set up a retail site and to hopefully benefit from some of those extra margins. I am so freaking excited for y'all. Oh my Yay. goodness. So uh, my mind is blown. What kind of non-Euclidean geometry are you using to make a hot octopus fit into this thing? Cause those things are so <laughs> weirdly shaped. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to see. We'll see how it works. Um, but they've also got some beautiful wands now as well. Yeah, um, yeah. We're hopeful that the there's there's three different sized um, holes in the joystick. We're hopeful that the hole that's in the the um, 
the larger hole in the back, which is more. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Will hold, yeah, will hold the um, the hot octopus, like the pulse duo, and they've got some really awesome toys now that are also app controlled. So it's just looking at like what are people doing that already offer different levels of accessibility. How does that work with what we've created? Um, and in some instances, some companies have even said to us, "Look, like tell us where things aren't quite right, and if we can make it fit better or work better with it, then we can always look at what we're producing um, as well." So it's really oh, cool great. that a lot of these big companies or companies who've come before us are saying like, let's, how can we work together to offer something that's really um, accessible? And that's just, I think shows you the amount of um, interest in the category to do something that it, that's in this vein, but also there's what we've experienced so far is that there's just a hell of a lot of goodwill um, and actually a lot of really good people that work in this industry uh -huh. um, where we could have been seen as competitors to a lot of people. And what we found actually is that most of the, community has really rallied around what we're doing has been incredibly supportive. Like I think a year and a half ago, we got on a call with the owners of hot octopus and they were giving us all these like trades, almost like trade secrets. And I was yeah. like, why are you guys telling us all this stuff? I feel like we're <laughs> like, I feel like we are a competition with you, <laughs> but please like don't stop continue. Um, and it's, we've just, and same with, with love honey and normal. We've just been really pleased to see that there's just so much, like goodwill and in, in and amongst people in the industry even even amongst com, com, like competitive brands like i'm sure that's not always the case um but we've just found the industry to be incredibly welcoming welcoming um and collaborative yeah i i, I agree more, i would say most people in the industry get along pretty well that way yeah yeah, yeah and i don't I, you know it might be because of the the stigma and you know about sex and sex products and sexual yeah. wellness that there is this camaraderie that we all need to band together as a unified force to yeah. combat that stigma and to make sexual health and wellness just as important as any other type of health and wellness. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, I'm so excited. I am so freaking excited. So what else? What else didn't we touch on that you want people to know? We released we a, a really hilarious um, take on the tech industry. So you know how when the iPhone is released, they do a big thing and they do a big promotional thing and Steve Jobs when he was alive would come out and do like, you know, he'd wear a turtleneck and tell us how great the iPhone was. Yeah. So we decided that to launch the Bumpa Joystick, we would <laughs> we would dress me up like Steve Jobs <laughs> and I would come out like Steve Jobs and in my wheelchair and talk about the features of the joystick. So oh if, you, if you go on our website right now, getbumpin.com, there's a video of me like Steve Jobs um, telling you all about the great features of the joystick, and that that was really fun to do. We worked with some great, a great studio out of Toronto, Mixtape. They're called mm -hmm. right, Heather. Um, yeah, Mixtape. And so we put this video together. We had some really, really, some really, really funny moments putting it together, and it was just it was a fun way to introduce the world to the product, but also highlight that one of the lead people putting this product out in the world is a power wheelchair user. I love it. I, and I, I haven't made the episode art for this episode yet, but I'm 99.99999% sure that one of the photos <laughs> from that photo shoot will be the episode art for this episode. Um, it's amazing. And I saw you post it on Facebook and somebody like, I'm not, I'm not going to steal this joke. I didn't think of it myself, but someone said Steve hand jobs. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, they're not wrong. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Um, and so I also, speaking of reading things that you post on Facebook, saw something about queer as folk. Uh, what is happening? Yeah, I, I could talk about it now because I asked the producers and I was allowed to post that, so yes. I can talk about it now. So I was approached by the producers of the new Queer as Folk reboot last year to be a technical consultant on the show because they're having a character with physical disabilities. And they asked me to kind of shit, read some scripts and share my lived experience with, with, with um, disability to, to, you know, build a character arc. So I got to do that. And I was really, really excited to be a part of that process. That is so wow. cool. Congratulations. That is yeah. fucking amazing. Like you kick ass. Like you did, what did would you just get nominated for the big award? Like tell t- t- like dazzle us with your brag for a minute. You got a bunch of awards. You went to LA. Like what have you been doing the last couple of years that's been like fucking fancy red carpet shit? I mean, well, the last few years I was in LA just before the pandemic hit because my podcast, Disability After Dark, was nominated for for like best queer podcast by Queerty in 2020. I was an honoree at the Webby Awards in 2020. Um, and then just, you know, cool things like doing a Queer's Folk script read for a show. Damn. Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Damn. Well, you know, you better get used to it because soon you're going to be like winning all the industry sex toy awards and getting all those <laughs> accolades and getting we on those so. red carpets. Yeah. Oh, my Fuck God. Yeah. Look at how we are. Award season, here we go. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. I am so excited. Uh, so yeah, as I as I said, uh, American fuckers listening along, everything you need to know, all the links will be in the show notes, either at americansexpodcast.com or just go to whatever streaming service, whether you're in Spotify or iTunes or whatever, go to the episode description, all those links will be there. In most players, they're clickable links, but some players format funny and they're not. So if they're not in yours, go to the website. Where else can people find out stuff? If you want to give just like a couple quick links or quick places or things that people need to know before we wrap it up. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah go ahead. Sure. <laughs> they can follow us at our website, www.getbumpin.com. That's www.getbumpn.com. Uh, and they can follow us on social media at Instagram and Twitter at getbumpin. And they can go to all those places and follow us there. We also have a podcast, Part of Disability After Dark. Um, we do, Heather and I do like every couple of weeks, we'll do an episode about bumping. So Ooh. they can listen to a bumping podcast occasionally on my show. That's yeah, cool. and all the details on the joystick, um, all the how tos. We're working, we're constantly working on more like content um, to help show people different ways that they can use it um, and different toys it works with, etc. All of that's on our website, um, and there's a ton of FAQs on there um, as well. So, uh, if you have any questions or anything is not clear, or you just want to um, get in touch with us, you can also do that at get in touch at um, getbumpin.com. Mm, yay oh i'm so excited and yeah i just keep thinking about like really those secondary like people who are listening who are like well i don't have a disability that's not for me uh just the like the intimacy of having a thing to hump hands free (laughs) is just like hey we can all fucking use that 
exactly. that's amazing right freaking there. So yeah, American fuckers, don't discount it. If you're like, my hands are fine. I can press buttons. You need intimacy, damn it. Hump something. Okay. Exactly. Like <laughs> how many times have you snuggled up to a body pillow? And just imagine if that body pillow also vibrated and got you off. Like Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a good thing to me. I, I we first saw the design after I spent six weeks of isolation on my own in the first lockdown, and I was like, "I'll take two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need to know anything more. I'm. I'll take two of those things." Yeah. Ooh, two of them. Now I'm like, ooh, a bump and train. <laughs> one for the behind, one for the front. Like, could be a whole like orgy with me and bumpins. Okay. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> Thank you both so much. And uh, yeah, best of luck to you. I will be watching and cheering and, you know, doing everything I can to make sure that you guys see all the success you deserve. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.